you are listening to the Echo Church Podcast, and we are on a mission of rescue and restoration into a vibrant and fulfilled life. On this week's Echo Church Podcast, we listen to Pastor Andy Cass and the infamous Tom Fleslin discuss the Lord's Prayer and how Pastor Andy applied it to the different Enneagram numbers. And then we take a deeper look at Psalm 23 and how it applies to the Enneagram numbers. Stay tuned as this is part one of two conversations. Hold on, Tom. I've got a daughter that's screaming right now. Hey, Kezi, you need to go to bed. You peed? Okay, go down to the basement and tell your mother. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to kill me and we're going to get it on audio. I am sitting right now with the Tom Fleslin. Mm, yes. I'm, we're in a predicament right now. I'm not sure who the host of this show is. <laughs> See, I came in thinking this whole time that I was the host, and I'm gr- going to be grilling you. There we go. <laughs> I'm going to hand this over to our host, the Tom Fleslin. Am I just starting it off cold here? Yep. Tell us a joke. <laughs> Gosh, I don't have any good jokes. We just do. We were warming up for like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but now, now you put me on the spot and I don't know what to say. We were talking for about our wives for the last 30 minutes. We're warmed up. Right. We're on edge. We're ready yeah, to roll. Yeah, we're on edge. We've been venting. And here we are. <laughs> We've been oh. cu- counseling each other for the last 30 minutes yeah. about our wives' Enneagram types. Last week, when you're preparing your message for Sunday, you had sent me a text with the Lord's Prayer and some of your ideas for how the Lord's Prayer reveals attributes of God and how to tie that in with the Enneagram. Correct? Do you remember this? Oh, I remember it. I sent it to my resident Enneagram specialist. Yes. The Tom Fleslin. Thank you. I kind of looked through it. And a couple of them I kind of, you know, thought were a little bit of a stretch and we kind of, you know, tweaked it some. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm really glad with or happy with how it turned out on Sunday with how you had presented it and the explanations you gave. But when you had sent it over, it kind of got my mind going of, you know, are there any other familiar portions of scripture where we could do the same thing? I thought first of, uh, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, if there was something good there, but then I ended up... No, there's nothing good on the Sermon No, nothing was good there. Yeah, that <laughs> bored me to tears. And so I... <laughs> what horrible content on the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. Continue. Yeah. Nothing of use there. <laughs> so I... We have to interject and tell the people that are listening that we're being completely... Is it... Okay, nothing of you... No. <laughs> what would be the word? Facetious? Is that... Or sarcastic? What's, what's yeah. the... Sarcastic, facetious. No, I um specifically I was trying to kind of just kind of quickly find you know passages where you could find and so actually I I I stayed on Sermon on the Mount for a little bit because you know there's blessed are the peacemakers and I was like okay perfect that's number nine and then I was trying to perfect that's me yeah that's me so it can only really apply to nines I felt was that whole sermon was just kind (laughs) of a building up of of the nine so that was good but. 
anyway, so but I I couldn't I couldn't easily apply the other numbers. So then I ended up in Psalm twenty three, which is has to be the most you know famous psalm. And going through there, that one as I read through a couple times with you know the thinking about the enneagram numbers, uh, I felt like was able to see those attributes in that psalm talking about the shepherd, kind of like how you did through the Lord's Prayer. So so did you have like like Dexter singing in the background, like the Father's house, and you kind of set the, the mood up and really leaned into Psalms 23 as the Lord spoke? Yep, yep. I, I, I called Dexter up <laughs> uh, and, just, and, and woke him in the middle of the night and asked him to sing. He said no. Uh, so <laughs> That's because he's an Enneagram nine. <laughs> right, yeah, right. No, actually, it. it I kind of went through fairly quickly. So what we'll read, if we want to go over it here, we we could even tweak as we go because I this was kind of my first draft what I had sent you. So we can kind of I would love discuss to if you if I would... you agree or disagree. What I would like to ask you is when I sent that over, what was the challenge that you had? What, what was the, where was the, was the difficulty in the specific attributes that I had kind of connected with a specific number? Or you do you struggle seeing the Lord's Prayer in a different lens? Might have been part of both. Mainly the first one where I didn't quite agree where, how some of the attributes went with some of the numbers. And I'd, I'd have to look back at what your original text was. Well, let's, let's just have a little friendly jostle here a little bit. And I'm probably misusing that word. Like I misuse many words, but um, I originally sent to you father in that connecting with potentially the Enneagram two with love and care. Oh yeah. So I think of that one I disagreed on. Well, let's just pause here. Okay. Why? Because I didn't think it would be good for the two, but I think I thought that the two was more obvious in a different place, which I got to pull up what you sent now. Hold on. So while you're looking that up, there's a theory out there that we see God in the lens that we see our own father. Okay. I'm not suggesting that you don't see your father. (laughs) As Enneagram number two, or those other things I brought up <laughs> with that concept. But I could see, so I, I, this is where I think I'd like to have this discussion go. I could see some people having a hard time with the Lord's Prayer and how they do relate to their own parents. Mm-hmm. And, and that becoming the baseline of what a good father is or a good mother, and then pushing that upon God as this this guy with a big beard in the sky and looking down yeah. on us and, and uh, you know, pointing his finger, I guess. Right. Yeah, and I don't know if I got hung up on that part. I'm do trying to think, remember do now you think people? Do you think people could be? Yeah, hung. yes, I, I do, yeah. And, you know, lots of times, two for, and I don't think it's, it's right, can often be viewed as more of a feminine number, too. Mm. And so they would, you know, think of they wouldn't necessarily associate it with a father. So I originally sent you the father as the Enneagram 2 with the attributes of love and care, which 
the two is known for. And we eventually changed it to, I believe... Do we do eight? I think we did change it to the eight, but I also had sent it to Chelsea, who's our second resident advisor on the Enneagram. And mm-hmm. she does some phenomenal writing for us on some social media stuff. And she had likened the father for the Enneagram six, which is authority and trust and security. So, which therefore, again, presents my idea, which I'm trying to have a discussion with you about, is maybe the father... We're going to project on God in the way we see our own fathers. Mm, Yeah. So I think it's very interesting that three of us, we attempted to look at this father component and we had three different answers. I had pushed for it to be eight, I think. And tell me why. I don't know. I think when I was trying to divvy out the different numbers, I mean, I can certainly, you can certainly apply the eight to different places such as how I think Chelsea had had, or you and Chelsea had it as for deliver us. I can see that working. But in this setting with the Lord's Prayer, I see, you know, eight being that the the protector, the leader fitting with, you know, the father aspect best, I guess, just because eights are there. They're just more of the, and and it's weird because like, it's not, I am not an eight, you know, as a, father and my father was not an eight or he, he was not a challenger by any means. So I, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm getting that. I'm drawing that from, but I, I think what I had gotten hung up more so on was I lost it. So as you're, as you're looking, I think the main thing that I want for people to hear is that first word father is potentially the hardest one to be able to resonate with mm, yeah. in the lens of our own experiences, to not let their earthly father experience define who our heavenly father is. Yeah, that's good. And if we really wanted to get technical, every Enneagram type could be represented on the top when we say father. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yep. Because it fathers kind of this definition of the heavenly being. That the father one really is kind of, I think that was the last one I kind of thought of because you could put any number up there and make the argument for why any of the numbers could be at the head there. So yeah, I, I don't I don't think that the ideal picture of a father is necessarily an eight or a two or, you know, but I think, yeah, you make a good point about stripping away our earthly views of, you know, what a father looks like or what our own fathers look like. And instead, I think that the Enneagram would be a great tool for fathers to lean into and look at every single number mm-hmm. and then have father goals, dad goals of saying, hey, this is the, all these positive attributes of each one of these numbers is who we should be with our own kids. Right. Because the truth is, is, you know, there needs to be an authority, authority aspect of your fatherhood. You should provide security. I believe that the father should be holy. He should be set apart, that he should be different than the world that we're all living in. To, to begin to paint pictures for our own, for our own children. At the same time, I, I think that as fathers, God has called us to be a creator, a creator of of our own children's scenarios or 
home or house or their experiences. So it, it again, that's just the first three attributes of God that I had brought up a couple weeks ago at this point. But but what a great reminder that, you know, as a father, we might not have had the best experience, but that does not define who we can be for sure with the Holy Spirit's help as he begins to paint the picture of the father that we can be. Yeah. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Now, I don't usually interject, but I just thought we should take a moment to pause and really reflect on what Pastor Andy was just saying, that so many of us have this distorted view of who God is due to our own childhood, due to whether or not we had a father, whether he was home, whether he was absent, whether we were raised by a single father. And I just want to pray for those of you listening that you would understand that the Lord God loves you, that no matter what your past looks like or who you are as a father today is, that He is with you. He has the ability to change hearts. He has the ability to change our perspectives. He has the ability to just comfort you and give you peace and understanding right where you are. And I just want to thank you, Lord, for the fathers in this world. And I just pray that you would just continue to bring them back to you. In Jesus' name. Looking at this picture of the shepherd, you know, the leader of the flock, so to speak, and transition and apply that to, you know, a father or mother situation and see how this shepherd displays, I believe, all nine attributes of Enneagram and is kind of the picture of the perfect leader. Now, if you're not an avid Bible app listener, you may not understand Tom's reading of Psalm 23. However, if you are, we hope you'll understand the humor and the heart behind it. Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The attributes of God in connection with the nine types, the nine primary types, what do we see? Give us your best draft of how we can see the full picture of God. Yes, I will give you what I see. And I'm sure you or other people listening would have, you know, disagreements of where they actually think numbers should go. But this is my my best take. So the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Number five is what I chose. Tell me more. Because the five is full of truth and wisdom. So actually, this one is it's kind of like the beginning of Lord's Prayer with our father. This time I started off with the Lord as our shepherd, assigning that to the five. 
full of truth and wisdom. The other thing, though, too, the I shall not want part is five, the the sin of the five, I believe, is greed. Mm -hmm. And so I think for fives to, I mean, this verse in particular, that just the I shall not want. Well, it sounds like it should be like a fives mantra. Right. Of sorts. Right. It should be. And, it should and it's, be. It's, I, don't, it's, I don't think it's a, a monetary greed. From what I understand, it's more of they want, they want more knowledge and more information and, and they, they keep their emotions close, you know, to themselves. And so, yeah, the Lord is my shepherd, shall not want. Number five. So the Lord is my shepherd, I shall lack nothing. Tell me about the five and full truth. What do you mean by truth when it comes to five? They're on the pursuit of truth? I think so. Yeah. I mean, so they, fives want, well, they, fives typically are the smartest people you know. So they're the, usually the, the wisest. I don't associate with those people. You don't? Yeah, right. I don't have many five friends. That's because I got to be the smartest person in the room. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I think lots of times fives are on that pursuit of truth finding the truth in everyday life and beyond. Do you think that fives are potentially the people who ask the best questions or the most questions? Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. The, the investigators, as they're called. And I think they also give the best answers mm. too. So, you know, in, in our mind podcast, I think, so Kayla was the five on there and she, she said something on there about how lots of times people will come to her for answers and lots of times for, for answers that are the right answers that maybe it's not the answers that they want to hear, but that she'll just give it to them straight. It sounds quite a bit like Jesus. Yeah. Jesus used questions a lot, like yeah. a lot, a lot. Yeah, that's a good point. But that was kind of the way of the rabbi. To the pursuit of truth is through questions. Mm -hmm. So they would have this conversation and one person would ask a question and they would answer it with another question. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably totally a five thing. So Jesus shows a five side. He does. Very cool. He makes me lie down in green pastures. In that I saw an Enneagram four. Fours, the individualists, they're typically the most creative number in the Enneagram, most sensitive, most in touch with their emotions, probably the number most likely to cry at a sunset. Mm -hmm. And so when I, you know, read about, he makes me light down in green pastures, I think about God as the creator. And Minnesota winters. And Minnesota winters. And, um, and no, how but, it makes you cry. <laughs> The creativity of God and how he desires for us to enjoy his creation. Mm. And so, yeah, I'd like to know your thoughts on that. But that just that that image of just lying down in, a, in green pastures, soaking in creation just seems like such a such a four thing to do. Yeah, I think I think you're onto something. I, I also have an image of a nine just laying there, right. slothing it up. On some greenery. <laughs> yes. So verse two is he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. And so I, I split that one in two and gave the first sentence to the four. 
and he leads me beside still waters to the Nine. You know, I haven't been to Israel, but I've done quite a bit of study on the landscape of Israel, and I go to geek conferences that fives would love to go. Fours would, wouldn't ever want to go to the, some of the conference, biblical conferences that I've been on. <laughs> but one thing that I enjoy is there is a, in the Israel, you know, Jerusalem location, uh, there is a short season where some locations are extremely grass-like and very, very, very um, vibrant. Mm. But the vast majority of geography in Israel is what I would say quite a bit like Arizona, like the Phoenix area, if you've ever been there. Oh, okay. It's just like yeah. you yeah. walk you walk around, you know, at a... I, I like mountain biking. So I, I go to these parks and these, these like mountain areas. Mm-hmm. And dude, it's like everything there could kill you. <laughs> so when it says you know, lie you in green pastures. It's a very contrasting picture of a God who is going to go above and beyond your current circumstance to bring you joy, to bring you comfort, things like that. So I'm I'm a little bit more, and I think that's, and you know this, but I'm a little bit more biblical minded than I am Enneagram minded. So yeah. Um, yeah. So if you don't mind, I'm going to keep infusing some of those fun little tidbits. Is that talking about leading to get the sheep a drink? Interesting enough, and I'm glad, yes, yes. But sheep won't drink in running water. Oh, I see. Okay. At least that's what I've been told with some of those, you know, wonderful geek deals. Number nines would definitely come with me if they could escape their home to come to some of those conferences. But yeah, so there are some um, interesting pictures that I've seen where shepherds would have to create a space where there would be water runoff. So then the sheep would actually drink. So they would have to create a place of, they would have to make peace Mm -hmm. for their sheep. Yeah, which is kind of interesting when we're talking about the nine, the Enneagram nine. Mm -hmm. And the nine being, what's the word? Dead? Dead to yourself? Dead to your own emotions? Asleep Uh, to yourself, yeah. Asleep to yourself. But are you actually in peace? Are you asking me directly? Yeah, well, or yeah, because you're a nine, so I have to ask you that. You know what I'm general. saying? I'm asking what? you as a nine. You know what I'm saying? Like you're you're asleep to your own emotions, but are you actually? Um, you know, well, let me ask you. I'm not asking if you're sleeping to your own emotions. At least that's what the enneagram presents. Do you actually have peace? Well, let me say it like this: like, you know, at least what I've seen in your life, you're getting better at saying no, but you work pretty hard. And you work and work and work and work, mm-hmm. but are actually, are you coming to the water and finding refreshment? Mm, right. I don't know. I mean, that's, it's such a deep question. And I feel like, you know, probably before I was aware of Enneagram and me as a nine, I think I would probably tell you that I was at peace, but looking back, I think I would do things to avoid you know, conflict, or I would just kind of try to try to go with the flow. And it was more of a a numbing, you know, I was more numb rather than at peace, Mm. if that makes sense. And I think now I am more able to recognize that tendency to try to, to, you know, numb out rather than take conflict or challenges head on and get and achieve actual peace. Nines need to realize that we don't live in a 
very peaceful world. Like there's conflict and turmoil all around us and we either need to take it head on or just fall asleep and numb it out and, you know, live in our own worlds. But th then there is more of, of seeking the, the peace, though, that can only be found in God. And I think coming back to this verse, it's, it's, it's God who will lead you to that peace and who will set aside kind of what you said, set aside that still water to find peace. Yeah, for some reason, I have this image of a very stubborn sheep. And no, they want to stay in their comfort. They want to stay in their, their little security blanket. But the shepherd, the good shepherd comes and says, no, I need to actually lead you mm -hmm. to this place because there's more peace here. As a nine, and, and other numbers would probably have different experiences, you mention how the nine is lots of times asleep to our emotions or our own desires. And so I read that first verse about, I shall not want. I'm like, oh, that's easy. I, <laughs> I, I, I've totally ignored everything that I want already as a nine, you know. But then it gets, it gets down further and it, it starts to get a little more difficult for, for me. But Yeah, we could talk about this for a long time. Should we keep on counseling you? <laughs> yeah. Well, we should probably move on from just talking about my number. He refreshes my soul. Yes. He refreshes, he restores my soul. I think of sevens. Sevens who they bring joy, they bring fulfillment. If you ever need your soul to be refreshed, go and find a seven. For sure. Yeah, I love, I love joy. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good joke, man. I love, I love a great prank. Mm. I'm really into pranks uh, and I love filming it all at the same time. So, I mean, I, I resonate with, with that for sure. I, I don't think I'm a pure seven, I, I, but I think I definitely have some high seven oh, yeah. interactions. If, you know, again, the debates out there, if, if I'm a one that would, go to seven in health or I'm an eight that leans on a seven heavenly or heavily. So, and heavenly for that mm. fact. But, but yeah, I, yeah. Refreshes your soul, man. Yeah. Nothing. Laughter is good for your soul. I'm all about that, man. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah, definitely. I love it. So if David here is talking about a shepherd and sheep, what does he mean there by, you know, he restores my soul, you know, cause we're talking about lying in green pastures and still waters, and then he restores my soul. Obviously, he's made a jump from sheep to people. Is it just yet yeah, talking about how the Lord, the shepherd, is bringing, he brings joy, he brings that fulfillment like a seven would? Yeah, that's interesting. This is verse three, I take it? Yeah. So my version says, he restores my inner person. Maybe not everybody knows this, but I know this. This is a poem or song. So, and you you had mentioned this already, but yeah, he's he's jumping from shepherd to sheep to a person. He restores my inner person, where your version says he refreshes my soul. The Enneagram Seven, they're fear driven, and they're internal processors. And this idea of he restores my soul or, you know, like my version, or he refreshes my soul. I mean, the sevens I know, man, they walk in the room and it's all business, but it's not. It's like a mullet. Uh, 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They walk in, and even though there may be business, they're going to have a party, a party in the back first. But you know, I mean, they're going to walk in, and and man, they just lighten up that whole room. And so I, I think when we think about the seven and that refreshing of the soul, you know, I could see that it's God's business to yet yeah, truly refresh us, to bring us that, bring us joy, and and that's what I mean. The sevens I know, man. It's like I said, it's. It's not really all business. It's all party. And, and uh, boy, when a seven leaves, you know that they were in the room. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's the perfect type where if you're feeling down, like go talk to a seven and they will lift your spirits right up. You know, so I think and, and maybe, you know, the lifting of spirits is you could put alongside with restoring the soul, I think. Next, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, this one to me just screams Enneagram One. Enneagram One's being the reformer, the improver. They are huge on right and wrong and righteousness. And so having the shepherd or God um, leading us in paths of righteousness is such such a, a one attribute in my mind. I mean, ones are, they're the, they, and so my, my wife is a one, as you know, and when I think about, you know, God leading in paths of righteousness, I see Kristen doing that same type of thing in our household. I mean, leading, leading us in what is right and wrong and having a very strong moral compass of right and wrong. You know, yeah, thoughts on that one. I think, you know, what I've read about ones is some of the Enneagram professionals or or masterminds. I think I've seen it a few times where they say the one typically knows what to do. Yes. <laughs> like, yep. like some of their ideas you should actually listen to because they probably have it right. Yeah. And Just in their gut, they know. Yeah, and it's instinctive. They 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 kind of follow that instinctive concept. So I could see that correlate with he guides me in the right path. Uh, yep. We know, or at least I know, that life is a journey. And although there's tons of people that want to hear from God and they want to hear the right path and they want the right direction, they want to hear God's voice, that quite honestly, that's not exactly how it works for everybody. I mean, for some people, yes, but for the vast majority of us, it feels like Psalms 23, that we're in the middle of a desert or a woods, and we all would like to have the right the right path, but the truth is there might be multiple paths, and I'm not saying anything beyond, like, there's, we, I don't believe there's any other path than Jesus. That's not what I'm saying, but when mm-hmm. it comes to whether or not hey, I want to be a videographer or I want to be an architect or I want to be a pastor, maybe there isn't exactly a right path, meaning just one path. So I think that the need to lean into our Heavenly Father to lead us on the path, His path, is very, very important. And uh, yeah, ones, ones, ones are awesome is what I think. So, Yes, I'd have to agree. Next, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And now specifically, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. 
I think of Enneagram sixes. And to me, that phrase is such a perfect six phrase because it speaks to a covered uh, two two different parts of Enneagram sixes. So, you know, I will fear no evil. Sixes are their sin is fear. They're right in the center of the fear triad. And, and they but interesting with, enough, they repress their fear. Sixes repress their fear. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, but fear is it's their it's they are the most fearful number. I know, and that's that's where I think you know we look at those triads and those internal external repressors. You know, you know again, those are three different ways of how they handle it. I just find it absolutely interesting that they out of all types are the ones that are repressing fear with because of my observations six are the loudest <laughs> the loudest when it comes to that or yeah e- with their they fear can be read that way right sixes are the numbers most associated with fear that the way that god helps us in our fear is that he is with us and that that for you are with me is also to me is a very six attribute because they are the loyal numbers. Mm-hmm. They're called the loyalists. They are faithful. And so it's, you know, his way of combating fear is by acting like a six. You know, he's he's faithful. He is he is with us. He Oh, that's a great great observation. Great observation that God is loyal. Thank you for joining us on this week's episode. If you have any questions or prayer requests, we'd love to hear from you. Please email us at hey at wearetheecho.church. Also, we want to invite you to join us on Sundays. We are streaming our services on Facebook and YouTube at 9 a.m. U.S. Central Time. This episode was produced and mixed by Just Hit Publish Productions. 